This reading comes from uh, 1 Kings in the Old Testament. It's the 19th chapter, begins with the 11th verse. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, He wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? That's the end of the reading. So now I know that for a certain demographic in this room and those who uh, enjoy classic rock, you've been thinking about this all morning. So some of you are laughing, okay? All right, this is the kind of talent we have available to us, all right? And what comes next? Na, 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 thunder, right? Okay, we got it. Had to do it, Adam. Had to do it. Very nice. Yeah. So, so what, you, what you don't know is that I'd been, I'd been on the fence about whether we should even do that in service this morning, and, and Ben sat down next to me right before and said, why don't we just do Thunderstruck? So that was like 30 seconds ago. Again, this is the kind of talent that we have available to us in our church, you know, not just Ben, but all kinds of people who, who can give of themselves. So, um, so I know that that is a, that is a song called um, Thunderstruck. It is by a group called ACDC. Um, again, for people of a certain demographic, that song, you would know that as soon as you sell the word thunderstruck. So I just thought we needed to acknowledge that this morning, that it's okay. Yes, you can be thinking of those things in church. Now, I'm going to have him. This is, so I want you to put this in your memory banks for, for a little later. I'm going to come back to it. Uh, will, you, will, you play, will you play that other one that I asked you to play? Perfect. Perfect. Okay, uh, anyone raise your hand if you know what that song is. Not you, because I know you know. Yes, sir. Dust in the Wind Wind by Kansas. Yes, Dust in the Wind by Kansas. So recognizable. That's one of the things about music is that they say that, you know, the hits and the things that last for a long time is that within two seconds of you hearing the opening, if you know what it is, that means that they've done their job in writing the, writing the music a lot of the time. So it's just, that's one, that's one of those that, and, and I don't know if all of you knew it, but, but it is known far and wide just by that, by that little, that little bitty riff. And so I just, I'm going to come back to that, but I wanted, since I had been there, I wanted to, I wanted to have him uh, play that for you this morning. So oftentimes one of the questions that, uh, that comes up for people of faith is, why does God not speak to us like God spoke to the people in 
the Old Testament or in the New Testament? Why doesn't God speak audibly out and guide us and direct us in the way that we, that we read in the Scripture? And as I was getting ready for this, for this message, that I, kept, I kept going back to that and, and wondering, wondering about that. And so it made me go back and investigate the Scripture. How about that? I went back and I looked at I looked at the scripture and I began to begin to ask the question, is God actually audibly speaking here or is this the writer or the person who's experiencing it later saying God spoke to me, but it was it was something it was an intuition. It was a it was a it was a still small voice like we hear from Elijah. Now, I know and I believe there are people in this room who who believe who who have heard God speaking to them almost audibly or audibly. They've they've heard that. I'll just tell you that has not been necessarily my experience that a disembodied voice comes out of the clouds and 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 speaks to me. Um, I know that for some people that that's been been an experience of theirs. But as you look at the scripture, there are so many places where it says, and God said this, and God said that, or, or God directed this, or God directed that. And as you, as you dig into the scripture, you, you realize that it probably wasn't out loud audibly. It was, it was this person was in communion with God in such a, such a way that they were listening intently for that voice. And that's what I love about this Elijah passage is because, I mean, I think that most of us, we would like it if God would just, you know, come through the thunder and the lightning and, 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 and all of that. Uh, but here's what's interesting. Have you ever thought that if you closed your eyes and you had your back to it, you wouldn't know that there was lightning? Right? If it didn't break through the, the you know, your eyelids or whatever, you know, the flash... You wouldn't know that there was lightning. How do we know that there's lightning? The thunder. The thunder. It comes through after the lightning has already flashed. It, it, is, it is that rumble that comes. And so the writer in The Gifts of the Dark Wood talks about that in terms of something, something could have happened back over here, but the rumbling, the nudge, the institution, the, 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 inst- institution, the, the intuition, um, the, that nudge, that still small voice speaks after the fact sometimes. Something happens and it's not until later that we, we then begin to really have a sense of, of what that might mean for us. And so as we seek to, to make our way in the dark wood, when, when we're going through things, even, even when life is going along okay, if we're interested in hearing God's voice for us, God's word to us, we're going to have to find a way to pay attention we're going to have to find a way to pay attention. Just this week, I met with some colleagues of mine, and, and we, meet about, we meet every other two weeks, and we often ask leader, questions about leadership and how are things going in your church and what's happening. And, and one of my colleagues says, you know, I just have been given too much space to the angry voices in my head. I've invited too many of the, of, of the critical voices to sit around the table that's consulting with me. And I've got to figure out a way to hear them, but to not let them take up residence. And I thought, wow, that's, that's good. 
Because so much of the time, I think, we have so many voices that are speaking to us, at us, through us, that are, that are generating all kinds of emotional responses. You know, just from if, you're, if you listen to the radio or if you read the newspaper or if you look at the TV, if you go to work, I mean, you just have all of these inputs that are coming in all of the time. And so how do you, how do you create space to hear God speaking if God is not just going to whack you over the head with it? Which I think has been the experience of most of us and of most people in the Scripture. Somehow, some way, we're going to need to create some space for God to speak. That we might receive that gift of being thunderstruck. The rumbling after the lightning. The thing that happens later. So often that intuition or, or that, that nudge that's inside of us, we, we, we also will say, oh, no, that's, I, I, I couldn't do that. I, sh- I, I can't do that. I, I've got all this other stuff I've got to pay attention to. I've got all these other things I have to do. I can't follow that nudge, that intuition, because I don't have any space in my life. Last week we talked about the gift of, or maybe was it last week, the gift of emptiness. Like our lives are mostly so full, we don't have time or space to listen. We're barely listening to the people that we love in our lives, let alone to listen to the one who loves us so much that he, that he gave his son. But when we are willing to stop and create spaces to listen for God, we're actually carrying on in what Jesus says was the central part of our faith, which is to love God And to love ourselves. When we create space to listen for God in our lives, we we learn, we begin to learn how to love ourselves. Because we must sit with ourselves and we must deal with those voices in our head. And we must begin to pick and to choose what are we listening to, who are we listening to, and how do we then move forward. And I'm not saying that sometimes when you, you know, when you initially get some sort of intuition or some sort of thing, that you must go out immediately and do it. Now, people have gotten in a lot of trouble with that kind of stuff. Now, I do think there's value that when you, when you get that intuition, when you get that feeling that it is time to stop doing something, you need to stop doing it right now. Because if you wait, you'll talk yourself out of it. There's a great leadership guru who said that. He says when, when he's doing conferences with people, he tells them, if you, if you, through this process, if you've discerned that it is time to stop doing something, to, to walk away from a board or walk away from a volunteer thing or walk away from a business arrangement or something like that, if you're convinced of that, you need to go make that phone call now. Because if you wait an hour, if you wait two hours, you'll talk yourself out of it. Oh, I can make that work. Oh, it'll be fine. I'm sure none of you have ever done that done it a million times. But I'm saying when, when that issue comes and it says, I think I, need to make a, I, I think I need to make a move towards something, not away from something, but towards something, I think that's a time too when you need to then weigh it. You need to, you need to, you need to ponder it for a while. You need, to, you need to get some trusted friends around that table and say, I think this is something that God is calling me toward. What do you think? 
Have them look into it with you. And I mean, these are trusted friends, not ones who are just going to, you know, who are, are going to go along with you and not ones who are just going to push back, but ones who will actually sit with you and, and have that open conversation with you and seek to, the best for you so that you can listen really for what is, what it is it that God is calling you toward. I'll never forget years ago, I, I was very frustrated. Uh, I was in seminary. And, and I was just like, why, why doesn't, why has God never spoken to me? You know, why has God never spoken to me? I I had these classmates like, oh, God talks to me all the time. You know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, this has never happened. So at that time I had a spiritual director and she was this, this lovely Catholic nun. I mean, I don't know how old she was, but she looked ancient. I mean, she just, she just had that character about her, like grandma Moses or something. I mean, she was just wrinkly and wise and wonderful, and, and so she would sit with me and, and she would, you know, she would take on my questions, you know. And, and I, so I finally, I just, I trusted her enough. I just said, you know, I, I'm really frustrated. Why hasn't God spoken to me? And in her quiet way, because she always, after, anytime I, after I would ask a question, she would just let silence have the first answer. And then she said, well, do you remember... Some time ago, you were talking about something you were struggling with, and, and you called your brother, and, and he just ha- he, he gave you this, this very practical insight, and it changed the direction you were going with that. Do you remember that? And I said, yeah, I remember that. She said, why, why can't God speak through your brother? Oh, I wanted God to speak to me in the way I wanted God to speak to me. I wasn't willing to look for the ways God is always speaking to us. God is speaking through nature. God is speaking through our friends. God is speaking through those who would challenge us. God is speaking through the ways that we come up against. God is speaking through the challenges. But so often we're just headlong. We don't listen. So back to the song, Dust in the Wind. The band Kansas, is a, it's an interesting story. I watched a documentary about it uh, the past couple of weeks, and it was just really, really, really interesting. Um, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of long-haired hippie freaks uh, doing music in the 70s. Interesting guys, interesting guys. But so, so as, they were, as they had just made it big with, a, with an album called Leftover Tour. And Leftoverature had the song on it, Wayward Son. And so, again, if you're of a certain age and you know, you know Carry On My Wayward Son, that, that song, um, you know, it, 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 it made the album go platinum, I think, within a matter of weeks. It, was, it just went so fast. And so then their record company's like, you're under contract, guess what? You got to do another one. And this one needs to be big too. So there's a lot of pressure going on there. And the, and the guy who'd been writing the songs... Um, you know, they were, they were, they were writing songs and, and, and the, the album was going to be called Point of No Return. They'd already decided the album name before they had a name and they wrote a song about that. And, and that, you know, that is a Kansas song as well. And so they're going along and, and this, and he, the, he was a guitarist. That's how primarily how he interacted with the music, um, was, was through guitar. And so he, um, he was always working on his finger picking, which is what Ben was doing up there for that song. He was working on his finger picking and he had this little exercise that he'd put together. And so as he's finger picking and going through this exercise at the beginning of his writing and practice session, his wife walked by and said, you got to do something with that. And he's like, ah, it's just a, it's just a finger exercise. 
Uh, so she comes back by the next morning. You know, you ought to do something with that. Ah, it's just a finger exercise. Well, about the third or fourth time she came by and said, hey, you ought to do something with that. He heard the nudge. Dust in the wind. Imagine if he wouldn't have listened to the creative voice of God, a song that has, has touched many, many lives. And it's actually a great song um, for Lent. All we are is dust in the wind. Remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. The gift of being thunderstruck comes often when we begin to pay attention to those nudges and those intuitions, those voices in our lives through which God is seeking to speak to us. And God loves us so much that God is speaking to us and through us at all times. And so may you receive the gift of being thunderstruck. May things that are unclear be made clearer for you through this intuition and through that voice. I invite you now just to take a few moments of reflection to see where God may be speaking to you today.